Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 247. Today's guest is kind of a little bit of a legend in the online marketing space. She's been named as one of the top 50 small business leaders in Australia. She's been called the queen of media. She's been on all of the magazine covers and she's just such a lovely person and she's just so full of knowledge about social media and about Instagram. So today we're chatting to Brooke Vilinovich about how she launched her membership, the Social Club membership. We're chatting about how she managed to get so many media opportunities. And we're also talking a little bit about what I know a lot of you love hearing about, and that is Instagram, how you can get more followers, how can you, how you can improve your success on Instagram and how you can use Instagram when you're launching something new. So without any further ado, we're going to jump straight into today's episode. Hey, Brooke, welcome to Socialette. Woohoo! Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited because you're one of the guests that I've had on my like must interview list probably forever. And it's taken me so long to get around to this. Oh, that's sweet. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yay. So Brooke, for those of our listeners who don't know who you are and what you do, who are you? What do you do? So I teach Instagram marketing and I created an online trading community called the Social Club. So I have a membership side of it and then I also have an online course, which is part of the academy side of it. And then I travel and teach people about Instagram. I pretty much just teach people about Instagram. That's what I do. Sounds pretty fun. I love it. <laughs> so, okay. So you've been named as one of the top 50 small business leaders in Australia. You've been called the queen of media. You've been on a few magazine covers. Like that's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> and for people who don't know you, it's like, it, it, it might be tempting for them to think like it's all been an overnight success, but I would love to know what has the actual journey looked like so far? Oh my God. Well, let's say straight up, it's definitely not been an overnight success. For every up, I reckon there's about 10 equal or lower downs. And that's just sort of how business rides, I think. But um, no, it's definitely taken a lot of hard work, a lot of tears, um, a lot of risks that a lot of those risks also haven't worked out. It cost me an F run. Yeah, but that's like any business is like that. If you want to be prepared to grow, you have to be prepared to fail miserably many times on the way to growth. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's it, it's interesting because I sometimes th- reflect on it and I think if somebody had told me that there'd be this many ups and downs along the journey, would I have started in the first place? Do you ever wonder that? Oh, that's such a good question. Yes, because 
I never, I didn't start with the intention of this becoming a business. Someone asked me something the other day about business plans and why I've never had a business plan. And I said, because I never planned this to be a business, you know, naturally evolved into it. And so how did you start? Where did you start then? I went to a networking event. Okay. And before that, I was running events and I was using social media, Facebook and Instagram to create communities around the events and then also grow my own event business. And I went to a networking event to actually just meet some people because I think something that a lot of people don't talk about and don't realize is that when you start your business, it gets very isolating and... Yeah, especially if you worked in sales or in a busy office and then you start your business from home and all of a sudden, you know, for 12, 14 hours, however long a day, you're alone. And how do you meet people? And I never knew networking even existed. I didn't even know it was a thing. So I saw a networking event and I went along and we had to go around the room at the networking event and everyone had to share their biggest struggle as a business owner. And I was the only person in the whole event that didn't say social media. So this was at a time when companies and businesses were offering social media management, but no one was teaching you how to do it yourself. And I didn't see, again, I didn't see this as a potential business idea, but the other event attendees, I saw them as people that I could become friends with if I showed them how to use Instagram and Facebook to build their businesses like I had done for mine. And that's how this actually began. I just said, come over to my apartment. I'll show you how to build a strategy on Instagram and Facebook. It's really easy. Trust me, I can teach you everything. And that's where this began. And I thought, in six months' time, everyone will know what they're doing because I don't feel like I'm teaching anything that's difficult or super complicated. It's very easy to teach and I know that it gets results because this is how I've grown my business. So I absolutely know this gets results. And then I started teaching these other small business owners and they started getting results. And then they told more people about the results that they were getting. And it just started to grow naturally. And it wasn't until I got an inquiry from Mazda to come in and do some training for them. It wasn't until then that I thought, oh, well, hang on a minute. Maybe this isn't me just showing a few people Instagram. Maybe there could be a business here. Maybe there's potential here. And pretty much from when I got the Mazda gig and I sort of restructured what I was teaching and how I was doing it, then it just sort of took off from there. I love that story. That's yes. so cool. Just come over to my apartment and let me teach you Instagram. <laughs> Even the social club, which is now I've got members from all over the world, but I literally still sit in this seat in my apartment and teach Instagram. So it's obviously now I'm doing webinars in a private Facebook group, but it's kind of the same thing, you know? I love it. Yes. Instagram from home. <laughs> yeah. So were there any points along the way where you thought, oh, maybe I'm not cut out for this or, you know, maybe like you even considered giving up on the whole idea? Um, Like 25 times a day, every day. 
<laughs> good. I'm Did glad it's not say? just me. Oh my God. It's definitely not just you. I swear to God, some days you have to think like, I must be crazy, right? I must be crazy. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I think that's something that not enough. Again, you don't realize before you go into business, you want to quit all the time. I always compare business to exercise. You know, no one really enjoys working out, but and you want to quit constantly. But then the way that you feel afterwards is so addictive and that's why you keep going, right? It's like it's kind of I imagine what drug addicts deal or deal with, right? Like, you know, they're <laughs> constantly chasing the ups. <laughs> chasing the highs. And this is what I always yeah. say. The highs in business are unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life because mm, you know agreed. that you got yourself there and you know that despite all of the shitty things that have happened along the way and the number of times that you wanted to give up and the tears and the devastation and the feeling like a failure, you surpassed that and made it through to the win and that is addictive. That feeling is so addictive. Agreed, 100%. So would you mind sharing what has been your biggest challenge that you've dealt with along the way? Uh, A huge challenge for me is definitely balance. So this whole idea of finding balance, you know, everyone starts their business for more flexibility so you can spend more time (laughs) with your loved ones. But unfortunately, that's sort of the end goal. It doesn't, if, if you want your business to grow, fast, then at the start, there isn't really such thing as balance. <laughs> and and the, the, the terms of what you define as balance shift and change all the time. So in my first year in business, again, because I didn't really feel like I was a business yet, I, and because I thought in six months time, I like, I was having so much fun doing what I was doing. I was meeting incredible people. They were getting results. Like it was working, but again, I didn't feel like it was a long-term sustainable business model. So my strategy, if you wish, was just to say yes to any opportunity, to anything that I got asked to do because I thought I'm having so much fun. I want to keep doing this for as long as possible. I just don't think it's going to have any long-term potential in it, right? So that was my strategy in the first year. Then I think after the first year, because of my yes strategy, I ended up with like 16 different services on the go. And I was working like 20, uh, you know what? I was working about 48 hours a day every day um, (laughs) trying to get all of this done. And there wasn't really such thing as balance um, then because I didn't have the time to balance anything out. And then obviously the normal progression of that is you start to burn out, right? Because no human can keep going like that. So then um, that's when I started, I think I was reading a book or listening to a podcast or something and this whole concept, I was like trying to work out how really successful people um, are successful. I think I read like the four-hour work week or um, Tools of Titans or one of those anyway and it kept talking about the importance of having a morning routine 
And so I was like, oh, okay, if I want to be successful, I need to have a morning routine. But then I was like, what is a morning routine? And this, yeah. was, <laughs> this was at the point when I would go to bed at like one, two o'clock in the morning. I would kind of lounge out of bed at like 9, 10 a.m. and then work like a mad woman. So I was like, right, all these people seem to get it. These successful people seem to get up at five. I only go to bed at one. How am I going to get, get up at five? And um, I just decided one day if I want to be successful, I have to have a morning routine. All these successful people that I look up to get up at five and they go and work out. So I guess I'm getting up at five and I'm going to go and work out. And implementing that really helped with my mindset and allowed me to, I guess there's a lot of times, even still now, you know, five, oh, I'm, I'm almost five years in. I've never had a full day off ever. I'm not at that point yet. I hope, I know, I hope this year um, I'm making some changes at the moment to get to a point where I can do that. But I just never could have a full day off. That's my business is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, and also I've wanted it to grow quickly and I don't have kids. So right now I'm at a point where I can work every single day. Yes, it's not ideal, but do I want to get results? I do. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So I've realized that by having my morning routine, because I don't start work until 8 a.m. So I get up at five, I exercise for an hour. Then I have two hours where I can do what I like every single day because I don't get that full day off. That's still 14 hours a week. That's pretty much a full day off. It's just in the like conventional way. So yeah, it, it was a challenge starting that and doing that. But I've been able to see in the long term how I've been able to still have time off, just not in the conventional way and still grow my business and not go insane as well. So I like that idea, the two hours in the morning, because I, yeah, I'm up at five as well. But then as soon as I finished working out and I've made a coffee, I'm straight to my desk basically. Yeah. So I like that idea. That's really cool. Anyway, I'm going to shift tack a little bit and I'd love to chat about how you launched your membership. So now like with the social club membership, what made you want to launch a membership instead of an online course since, you know, everyone wants to launch online courses? Well, it all happened by accident. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I was at a point where I'd been teaching my social media connection program, which was my in-person workshop. So I'd been teaching those for almost two years. And I was also building up my email database. And I did a lot lot of research into how to build up an email database because if you have a bigger email database, you've got more people to market to, right? Um, And I learned that if you could provide value and teach people something via email, that was a really good way to build up your database quickly. So what I was doing for almost 12 months, I was sending fortnightly Instagram tips on how small businesses could grow on Instagram and improve their Instagram presence. So these were obviously going to people all over the world for free, just for being on my newsletter list. And also I was teaching the in-person workshops and because they were growing quite large and I was teaching like three workshops. Sometimes I was teaching five workshops a week, three workshops. I was teaching a lot of workshops a week and working with a lot of people. So, um, 
as you know, as things do, things started to grow and words started to spread, I guess, amongst the small business community in Australia. And I started getting quite a few um, interstate and international inquiries saying like, will you ever take your workshops online? So I started looking into, I guess, how I could create an online course. But what I really struggled with was that it's, I was at a, when I was teaching workshops, almost every single time I would teach or every week, I would revise the course outline and have to change and adapt it because Instagram was changing so much that I constantly had new things to teach. So I inquired with filming like these, um, I inquired with filming sort of the content for a course and I got a quote which was like, I think it was like $35,000 or something, which obviously was way beyond anything that I could afford. (laughs) So it was a mix. I got that. I remember I got that quote back and I was like, right, that's not an option. So <laughs> what else, how else can I do this? Um, and then I was also at a point when I'd send out my fortnightly free emails, uh, people would respond every single time and say, oh my God, Brooke, these emails are so valuable. They're so helpful. We're getting results when we implement your tips. Can we pay you for more emails like that? So I had that happening from one angle. On the other angle I had, I want to create an online course, but I can't see how to do it without having to change the lessons constantly. And then the two ideas kind of mushed together and someone actually said to me, why don't you just do it in a Facebook group? Why don't you just share the weekly videos in there? You can do a different video every week. You can create a separate email list that's actually a paid Mm -hmm. version of what you do that comes out weekly. And I was like, oh, my God, yep, this is exactly what. And it was also a point when the people who had come to my workshops, um, like, for example, when Instagram Stories was um, brought in as an update, it wasn't worth people coming and repeating my entire three-hour workshop, but... They wanted to know just this new little update and what to do and how to implement it. So there was that angle coming in as well. And it all just blossomed into an accidental membership. But that was not the intention. So so your entire membership's inside a Facebook group? Yeah. That's amazing. I know. It's crazy, hey? There's two elements of it. So obviously I have backup. Um, yeah, but there is also an email element. So, um, there's a weekly lesson. That's what you pay for when you join the social club membership. So the weekly yeah. lesson goes out via email on a Monday morning. And then every Wednesday I teach it as a video lesson. So it kind of allows for two different learning styles. So you don't have to be yeah. in a Facebook group if you don't have Facebook or you don't want to. You still get the lesson via email. But it's just for me at the time when I didn't have a lot of money to, you know, create this $35,000 online course, yeah. that was a really um, cost-effective option to be able to deliver these videos in high quality Without needing, um, I was also still using Wix. So Wix back then, I know I I did everything myself when I started my business, um, as you do, because you've got no money. So Wix back then didn't have a membership 
like portal. I think it does now, but it didn't back then. So yeah, that was the best way to do it. And it still to this day is, I think people over, like people say to me all the time, I want to start a membership. This is my idea. And I go back and they're like, can you show me how to do it? Blah, blah, blah. And I go back to them. I'm like, guys, this is an online course. Trust me. A membership is a lot of work to maintain. And it is, you do need to have something to keep teaching. If you, if what you're teaching is not changing, a membership is not the right option for you. An online course is because an online course, you create it once, automate the system, the sale pr- process, and boom, you don't have to do anything. A membership, you've still exactly. got to do work every single week. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then what happened, so like I think I'd had the social club membership for a year. I was still teaching workshops. I was still consulting. I was still speaking, and I noticed a series of very similar questions come up time and time and time again when I was consulting um, for how to create and basically start a business on Instagram. So then what I did was I opened up the Social Club Academy, which is my online course for Post to Profit, and that's 13 Mm -hmm. webinar lessons of how to create, launch, and grow a business which is like the fundamentals of growing a business using Instagram. But that only happened after a year, you know. So when I started the social club, I couldn't work out how to turn it into a course. But after a year, it became clear that there was another, um, I guess, business offering here. But it didn't start out like that at all. No, that's cool. And you kind of briefly touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to know, like, what have been or what have you found to be really challenging about the membership model? Obviously, like you have, there's that pressure to keep creating ongoing content. Is there anything else that you've found really challenging? Um, Not really challenging, but a huge part of it is retention. So, of course, yeah, you, you know, it costs you more to get a new customer. It's like, is it like it costs you seven times the amount to something um, like that? Yeah, like, get a new customer than retain current customers. So, you're constantly trying to bring in new customers, but you're also constantly trying to keep the customers that you've got there. Yeah. So, it's something that you've got to think about all the time, um, because otherwise, your membership doesn't grow. Yeah. And that's like, that's the thing, right? So many people focus on getting the people in, but they don't focus on how they can keep the people who are there. And yeah, like that's such a huge thing with the membership model. Mm. So I'd love to know, and like changing tack again, Mm. um, I'd love to know a little bit about how you became the queen of media. So, I mean, like you regularly, you regularly appear appear on the news, which is, I think that is incredibly cool. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure our listeners would love to know how you've managed to get all of this amazing media coverage. Um, do you know what? Like 99% of the things that I've done, um, also I'm like super humbled that you said that all of that. I still find that so crazy. <laughs> Queen of media, what a crazy thing. Anyway, here I am sitting in my gym clothes <laughs> at my kitchen table because I literally don't even own a desk. Um, so I just find that wild. Um, I only live in a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> um, 
everything has come slid into my DMs. Every opportunity that I have had has come through Instagram. So it proves that content marketing works and connecting with the right people and following the right people and putting the time into finding who you want to connect with and then making sure that you publish quality content that is valuable that really is all you need to do. There's not a big secret behind it. And every opportunity I get, I always share exactly how that happened as well because um, it really is Instagram. It really is Instagram. <laughs> and that, that segues beautifully into what I was going to ask you next because, honestly, Brooke, like I'm forever getting people asking me how they can get more followers. Yeah. And, like it's I'm sure you get this all the time. So <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> what do you say when somebody asks you, how do you get more followers? How do you get more followers? Well, it really yeah, what to knowing your target market. And I always remind people of this. There is no point having 10, a hundred thousand, a million followers who are not your target market because do you yes. want followers or do you want sales? And followers actually does not automatically equate to sales. So knowing your target market, which is the the portion of the consumer pie that have a need or want for what it is that you sell in as much detail, knowing this person in as much detail as possible is the key to growth on Instagram. Because if you know them in as much detail as possible, you can work out the other accounts that they follow and then you simply just start connecting with them based on the other accounts. You have a presence on the content of these other accounts so it builds up your brand awareness. Um, When you know who you're speaking to, you can deliver valuable posts that you know they're going to love. And in turn, that's going to attract more and more and more followers. It's going to increase your influence. And ultimately, it's going to increase the dollars in your bank account because these are the people that you can convert from follower to customer like that rather than struggling to grow. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So if you could give somebody just three tips to improve their Instagram. I know you just gave a couple away there, but if you could give just three tips to have more success on Instagram, what would they be? All right. Number one, you need to know your target market and ideal client. If you don't even know what that term means, Google, how do I find my target (laughs) market? Like there's so much that you can find on Google and it's a non-negotiable. You can't say to me, everyone Mm -hmm. wants buy my product or service. If that is your response, you will never grow your business. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So that's my number one thing. Um, Number two, use your headline in your bio. So your headline is the bold line. It's the very first line in your bio. It's actually searchable. So once you know your target market, Think about the keywords that they would be searching for if they were looking for what it is that you do or sell, but they don't actually know you as a person or as a brand name exists. You've got 30 characters to use in that headline. Make sure you take advantage of putting keywords into that headline because that's how you get discovered by your target market. And then number three, audit your content. So 
you need to always entertain your target market, educate your target market, or inspire your target market. If your content doesn't do one of those things, it's not considered valuable content and you will not grow and you will not convert your followers into customers. Love it. You make it sound so easy. Well, that's the thing. It (laughs) is quite easy once you know the right steps. I'm no genius at all. No, I'm just this little human who, like I said, still works from the kitchen table. So if that doesn't give you faith that it's easy and it's doable, then I don't know what else does. This is easy. You've just got to know the right steps and you've got to do it consistently. I love that. Okay. So obviously I'm guessing you used Instagram in the launch of your social club membership. Yes. And since this is a podcast primarily about launching, I would love to know if you have any particular tips on using Instagram in a launch. Oh, 100%. So the best time to launch a new product or service is six months ago, right? That's the common answer. So the sooner that you can start hyping up the launch, the sooner that you can start, um, again, delivering valuable content, gaining the trust of your followers, earning their trust that the product or service that you are launching is the right product or service for them to fill their needs. So make a timeline back six months back from whatever your launch date is and create all your content building up to that timeline. So six months before, what can you share about what's coming? Okay, you might not have it yet, but what can you share? Even if you say we're working on something, here's behind the scenes. We can't tell you what it is yet, but stick around because we know you're going to love it. And then you walk them through the process of, creating whatever it is or, or launching whatever it is, the, the product or the service or the podcast or whatever, people follow brands on Instagram, whether that be logos or personal brands, because they want to know the process behind the final product. So all you need to do is document what you're doing in the lead up to the launch. It really doesn't need to be more complicated than that. And then what you have by the time you launch at the end of the six months is you have six months worth of people that have followed this journey that know exactly what it took that went into the final product that know how much this final product is really going to benefit them and the results that they can expect to achieve. And what that means is on the day you launch, you've got people waiting to buy off you. You may even start a wait list three months in, say, look, we're not launching yet, but we're starting a wait list so that when we drop this product or service or whatever it is, you can actually be the first to try it out before we sell out. And again, it gives people this sense of people love to be a VIP. That's a reason that VIP clubs and VIPs and VIP that exists. So if you can make them feel like they're getting something that the general population is not getting, people love that. And then, yeah, so when you actually launch, instead of launching and then being like, okay, now we have to try and find some customers, (laughs) which is the worst Happens way too often. Right? (laughs) So I think with the social club, which worked um, quite well, is I was still teaching workshops the entire Mm. time. 
So I had a market constantly there that we're hearing about the development of the social club. And what actually happened was I launched it to my email list before I announced it to the general public. So Ah. and my email list at the time was all of the people who had come to, well, predominantly all of the people who had come to my workshops. So I'd already proved I knew what I was talking about. I'd already proved I could get them results. And they were sort of hanging on for a thread of like, oh, what's next? What's next? And then they got the first launch. So they got the first opportunity to be in the social club. And the people that are still with me are still on my founding member pricing as well. And I know that that makes them feel appreciated, right? And it makes them feel like they've got yeah. again, a bit of a VIP advantage because they got something right at the beginning because they were already there at the beginning and they were already invested. Actually, do you want to know something really cool? So in December, yes. the social club was two years old and I had a member that was one of my first members to join, actually came all the way from Germany to Perth and she is still a member and we got to like meet and hang out and um, it was a really cool moment because I was like, whoa. And we were trying to remember like how she even would have felt, how we found each other, but it would have been on Instagram and she's still a member now. And before Instagram, how would that have, how would that connection have happened? I just don't know. I love that. Cool, hey? That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, that's been amazing. Such, such valuable advice. Thank you so much, Brooke. Now, at the end of every podcast episode, I always ask a couple of questions. So the first one is, what advice would you give to your pre-business self? Oh, I get this question all the time. And (laughs) last time I put it out to my story because this is the thing. I I rebranded at the start of the year right? So I brought everything under my personal brand. And to be totally honest with you, I feel like I've just begun. So I don't even know what, I really didn't have a good answer for that because I don't feel like I've done enough yet to know what to do differently. But my one piece of advice is to don't confuse quitting with giving up. Um, Business is hard and it's expensive and oh, yeah. you've got to know your why and you really do have to love what you do because during the tough yeah. times and the hard times, the reason for you doing what you're doing and the love and the passion that you have for what you're doing when you're literally making no money, when you're thousands, $10,000 behind, and trust me, I speak from experience, that yeah. is the only <laughs> thing that keeps you going during that time. So if you don't feel an absolute obsession for what it is that you do, I would try something else. And it's not about yeah. that you failed. It's just you will find something that, without sounding super cheesy, like lights you on fire and brings you so much joy. And, oh, hang on, maybe light you on fire was a bad, um, <laughs> sorry, not uh, sorry to anyone that's listening to that. That was a bad um, we, we get what you meant though. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I Lights always, you up. I always put my foot in it. Anyway. Um, 
and, and try something else because there is so much opportunity for us now with the technology that we have mm. to launch and grow businesses that if you've tried one thing, like let's remember I started as event management. That's not what I do anymore. But if I'd never yeah. started as that and if I'd never acknowledged, you know what, I'm not loving this. And I think you get confused a lot of the time between just because you're good at something doesn't mean you enjoy it. And I yes. was really good at event management. I'm a really very organized OCD person, but I didn't love it. And if I kept going with event management in the times when things went really bad, I don't know if I would have been able to keep going because the love for it yeah. just wasn't there. So no, I yeah, agree with that fully. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, like I, I'm the queen of pivots. You're the I queen of media. I'm the queen pivots. of pivots. <laughs> I've it. made, I've made like three or four different pivots and I can fully relate to that, not loving what you're doing. And now yeah. like, it, it's such a good feeling to have found something that actually lights me up fully yes, and that I'm that? obsessed with. And congrats for having the guts to pivot because it does take guts as well, especially if you've put a lot of money and a lot of time into building one business. It takes a lot of guts and and you really need to swallow your pride and go, I'm not really enjoying this. I'm going to try something else and cut my losses. But so many people do it. So I guess if anyone's listening and you're at that point, it's okay to do it because a lot of people do it and a lot of successful people do it. So just do it. And there's nothing wrong with it. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with it at all. Every single time, every business, even yeah. if it, it does fail, you will learn how to do something different in the next business. Like as cheesy as it sounds, again, with every failure definitely comes a lesson. Some lessons bigger than others. But there's definitely something to learn always. And yeah. that is how you learn and that is how you grow. And that that's what in the end is going to make you a better business owner in the long term. Love it. Okay, next question. What has been your biggest whoops moment? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what I said just then about the fires, what a dickhead. Um, <laughs> what's been my biggest whoops moment? Oh, so when I started the social club, one of the platforms that I used to charge my members had a glitch and it, it took a couple of months to work this out, but basically all the members started getting charged in American dollars instead of Australian dollars. Um, yeah, so I canceled all their payment plans until I could work out what was going on. Um, because members join every, cause you can join any time, right? So what was happening was people were joining every day, which meant because of the exchange rate constantly changing, the amount was different. So trying to work, but on, on my end, everything was in Australian dollars. It was a glitch on their back end. Um, so I worked for free for a couple of months while I was trying to work out what was going on. And then eventually I worked out what was going on and changed to, um, changed everything on the back end and and whatever. But yeah, that was a pretty, what did you call it? An oops moment or a, this is, it was, let's put it this way. It was more than an oops moment. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was <laughs> with like a thousand O's, but I lost like, and this is when I'd first started my business was, you know, quite, I mean, it is quite small, but this was when it was really small. I lost like, mm. I think 15 grand in that because I wow. had to refund everyone, obviously. the I mean, people were only charged a maximum of $21, but I don't care if it's a cent or a thousand dollars. You can't overcharge. You just, you can't operate a business like that. And how the platform actually said to me, oh, well, you make a couple of extra bucks per person. And I was mortified. (gasps) Isn't that terrible? Is that not just terrible? Oh my God. So I was like, okay, I never want this kind of, this is the sort of customer service that my business will never have. All the people working with me on tech support, not that I have people working for me on tech support, but one day, um, will net like that you just, that's just the most terrible way to operate a business ever. So that was a pretty stressful time. And it also, that also happened right over my wedding and my honeymoon. So I worked I was working at my wedding venue and I was working on my honeymoon as well, um, trying to sort all of that out. It was a very stressful time. But, you know, like I said, with the lows come the highs. So it's just all part of it. But I definitely could have given everything up then. That was the point where I was like, if, if it, it couldn't, this couldn't be meant to be if it was everything is going this wrong. You know, you're kind of looking for signs from the universe and it feels like the universe is just throwing daggers at you in every direction. It's when you really (laughs) do think, should I be doing this? And, yeah, I could have really given it all up then, but thank goodness I didn't. No, thank goodness you didn't. Okay, next question. And I get this is probably you probably kind of answered that just then, but what has been your biggest growth moment? Well, that I think growth, (laughs) growth in terms of personally, you don't realize until something bigger happens. And then it's kind of like with hindsight comes growth because it's when you think, oh, wow, I didn't like something went wrong and I didn't react as I would have previously or, or wow, that. Yeah, it's pretty much just that actually. Growth comes when you realize that something that would have affected you one way no longer does and that's a nice feeling. So I had a um, another really big drama happen last year. I can't really go into detail with what happened but it cost me 60 grand. So it cost me a lot of money. Ouch. Basically long once again the same sort of thing um, somebody else made a mistake and I was saying, you've made a mistake, you've made a mistake. And they said, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Turns out they had. Um, but in that moment, previous me would have just burst into tears and been like, this is all too hard. And new me was like, all right, what are we, what else are we doing? What else can I do? Um, let's, let's look at other options that we can do. So I definitely felt like in that moment I had grown because it was a very expensive um, mistake, again, out of my control, but but that's business. I think I seem to have, I mean, it's only been five years, but I seem to be learning that like once every 12 to 18 months 
something bad happens, like really bad happens. And that that just seems to be how you grow. If you can get through that really bad thing, I don't know about other businesses, but that's how it's happening for me. Um, If you can get through that really bad thing. And actually I was listening to a podcast the other day. It was talking about how farmers are like the OG business owners because they work seven days a week. They work off the land. They provide for the people and they were the OG small business owners. And it talked about, you know, farmers are so reliant on the weather. And people say to me all the time, oh, doesn't it worry you that, you know, your business is so reliant on Instagram? And if Instagram closed down tomorrow, what would you do? And yeah, people are absolutely right to think that is, is something I consider. But then you look at these farmers who are reliant again on the weather and it doesn't rain and they have these huge droughts and affects their uh, crops. So I think getting into business, you're always reliant on things that you don't have control over. And that's just a part of being in business. It is not a steady slope up. It's lots of ups, downs, sideways, downs even further, down to a new down you didn't even know existed. And then a little bit up. And then you go along that bloody roller coaster, hope to overall make it up. And then you go down again. But that's, that's what you're committing to. And again, that's what's actually really addictive and really exciting. And, and, and everyone is in the same boat. And I think that no matter who you idolize or who it is that you look up to, there is not one business owner that tells their story and says, Oh, I had an idea. So I started my business and I made a million dollars and everything was amazing. Everyone has these stories of ups, down failures ridiculous expenses, things out of their control, loss. And, and that's kind of what the inspire that will not kind of, they are the inspiring stories. No one wants to hear about someone that just did really well and didn't struggle. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think with every down, you can go, this is going to make a really good story one day. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it might not seem like it right now, but one day I'll laugh about it. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so, um, it's so interesting though that you say like, yeah, you talk about the downs and the ups because I feel like the further I get into business, the worse the downs are, yeah. but the better equipped I am to deal with them. Yeah. And it's like, totally. things, like some of the things that are wrong now, four years ago, I would never have been able to deal with. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, yeah. It's, you know, just another one of those things that's gone wrong. Yep. Yep. And, and things go wrong every single day and you need to be okay with that because that's the difference between owning a business and not when you work for somebody else, it can, when things go wrong, it can be somebody else's problem. When you work for yourself, it's always your problem, you know, and you've got to find ways to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, amazing, Brooke. You've been so, so full of wisdom and I would love to know where can our listeners find out more about you? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm full of wisdom. That's so funny. I don't even have wisdom teeth. Um, I'm very flattered by that. (laughs) I'm very flattered by that comment. Spins me out when people say I'm full of wisdom. Anyway, um, where can people find me? Okay, so the Social Club lives on Instagram and Facebook as Social Club Community, and I live on Instagram as and Facebook as Brooke Belinovich, which maybe you can 
put the link in. Oh. <laughs> we'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> I know, I know. People are like, why don't you change it? I'm like, oh, because people often spell Brooke wrong and that's pretty straightforward. So what hope have you got? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Brooke. Like I said, you've been so full of wisdom. You've been a great guest on the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love this chat and great questions. I love great questions. 